Great. Hello, welcome. Happy to be here with you all. Hi. All right, so let me just check on one thing because we switched over to doing these as meetings. So you all had to probably put in like a passcode, right? Just making sure everybody got the memo on that one. All right, so session two, welcome, happy Wednesday, everyone. Good to see you and even the folks with video off, which is totally fine. Good to see, see you too. <laughs> so today's exploration is all about exploring the texture of your work. So it should be a real fun one today. I'm gonna take my earrings off so they're not dangling with the headphone. And tending to your birth cave. So um, this is the physical space in which you do your work. And um, we're gonna create a remembering collection to help you connect in with your work at any given moment. And um, yeah, so structurally, we'll be here. I'm going to share and guide us through some pieces, and then we'll do a Q&A at the end, and you can kind of bring any questions at that point. Um, and also feel free to bring questions that might relate to what comes up today. Also, if you have things that are coming up that were related to the last session, you're welcome to weave those in here as well. Um, and you can type questions into the chat at any time. That's totally fine. I just might not be like consistently checking them throughout. So just know that if you leave questions and I'm ignoring you, or it seems like I'm ignoring you, um, I have either not seen it yet and I will in a second, or I've decided that I'm gonna leave it and, and kind of keep the question for when we get to Q&A at the end. Um, all right, let me just see if there's anything else. No, I think that's it. I think we're good. I also wanna thank everyone who chimed in and shared on Facebook over the last week. It was super sweet to just read your reflections and hear the things that are coming up and also really appreciating and feeling tickled by what seems like a lot of synchronicity and kind of like winks from the universe, like winks from life, divine winks that are coming through. Um, so please like continue to share there. Um, and yeah, we, as I mentioned last time, but just to say it again, create a discussion thread <clears throat> for each um, session so that we can have a unified conversation there. And um, yeah, so for this week, to land us into this session's material, um, we're going to keep working with communing with the soul of your work. So you can keep your altar going. If you have an altar practice, whether you did it every day or not, it's fine. But just to have it there, to revisit, to sort of maintain that as a practice. 
also just the exploration that we've been in. Maybe you've personally been in it for a long time, but that we've been in around exploring ancestral gifts. To me, this is this is a forever exploration. Like we're not going to like figure that out today or in six weeks because there are a lot of people back there (laughs) and there are a lot of gifts and there are a lot of troubles and a lot of all the things back there down here, wherever you experience your ancestors to be all around us. Um, Yeah. So I think like there can be both the devotion and curiosity to staying with those explorations and also um, like to recognize that part of that devotion and curiosity is that should you choose to, that's a lifelong, that's a lifelong process of, of relating and engaging and being curious. Um, so I wanted to say that piece. And then also, if you've been doing the anointing practice, if you've been enjoying it, you can keep that going and we can, we're going to add a little bit more dimension to that this week as well. Um, all right. So next week we're going to be diving into and exploring messaging, which is a place or one of the places that I find people can start to get really into like, I want to get it right. If we're not already there, I want to get it right. What's the correct thing. You know, I want to nail it down. I want to define it. Finally, like we can get a little graspy. Um, And even a bit extractive with our work, like, okay, now you're going to go to work for me now. So, you know, I'm going to figure this thing out so that, so that you can like bring home money for me or do whatever, you know? And, um, yeah, so I want to slow us down in this moment and have us enjoy right where we are, or at least be right where we are in this exploration and in this process Um, and have this week and this time, like all of these days, this day and these days ahead, really be about deepening in relationship and tending the relational field of our work. So just like if I were interacting with a beloved and I was just like, take out the trash, do this thing. Why aren't you doing this enough? I'm disappointed in you. Like, are we going, how's the, how's that relationship going to feel? Like I've been there probably not very good, probably not very great. Um, so yeah, with our work too, this deep tending of the relational field so that we can be in listening so that we can be in receptivity that we can receive, that we can open to hear, to perceive, to sense. And there's no way that I could tell us how to get it right with any of this. I can't even tell myself how to get it right when it comes to anything with my business even. I cannot, I do not know. I do not know. Which might be a relief or really annoying. <laughs> like, why didn't why am I here if that's true? <laughs> but um, but that's true. I don't know. I'm 
So I think that we get to decide what are we orienting around. And I've decided that in my relationship with my work, I'm orienting around relationship, relating to it as a relationship. And then how am I being in this relationship? How am I showing up in this relationship? What are my expectations in this relationship? What are my demands? Um, like, where am I running my patterns? You know, the shadowy ones and often the very other side of the coin, like the brilliant ones. Um, and to just be really curious about how I am being in relationship with my work and how I can be in relationship in a good way. Recognizing that it's not just about my work, right? It's also about my relationship with sustenance. It's about my relationship. Then and that becomes about my relationship with all of life and with other people and with systems and with systems that are generative and also with systems of harm and with my ancestors and with my beloveds and with my friends. And then I'm like, oh, of course, I come right back to where my, how my mentor hero, Boga, speaks about it. We, everything, we exist inside of nested ecologies. Everything exists inside of a nested ecology. It is an ecology within an ecology within an ecology within ecologies. Um, yeah, so, if this process so far is and continues to feel disorienting, then great. And savor the moments of like clarity and sweetness and insight. Um, and also if there's like a, a sense of disorientation happening where you feel like you're being invited to or called to move in a different way, listen in a different way, consider the things that might be uncomfortable to consider, um, slow down or even speed up in ways that you might not sort of not quote unquote naturally feel inclined to. Um, that's probably great. And also like hard for the ego. And um, and can be hard also for the parts of us that really want to feel secure. And so I really honor that, you know, we're living inside of nested ecologies and also we're living inside of systems that like are pretty messed up. <laughs> If they weren't so messed up, maybe everyone would have what they need and maybe everyone would feel held in community and experience deep belonging, a deep sense of belonging, but that's certainly not true for everyone. So, um, so things are messed up. So I understand why we get graspy and grabby and we want a sense of security and we need security on certain levels. Like we, the, the feeling of like, we need food. Where is my food coming from? Where is my shelter coming? How am I going to pay my rent? Like these are real valid, understandable things. And so as we get towards, like, I think I want to speak to any part of any part of us 
or parts of us that feel that graspiness around like, I need security, I need clarity. Sometimes underneath the I need clarity or I need to figure it out is like, I, I, I feel uncertain, I feel insecure. I feel unsteady. I'm like in this space of the mystery and it's like kind of nauseating and disorienting and I like need to feel secure. So a couple of things that I want to say about that is like, as much as you can create an embodied sense of security for yourself or, or stability for yourself. So that could look like sitting with your back against a wall, you know, where you can see the door and just looking around the room and inviting like ever so slightly deeper breath as you go. Just like, okay, I'm actually safe in this room in this moment. You know, laying on the ground, if this does feel safe in your body, for some people this might not, but laying on your belly on the ground. Um, sitting at the base of a tree, being in water, you know, co-regulating with the earth at earth speed. So there's that. And also if you find your mind getting really like, uh, 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 where is this going? Or like, is that, uh, uh, I got to figure, I got to, okay, whatever I do though, I have to make sure it's marketable. Whatever I do, I have to make sure it's, it's what people will want, you know? And then we start to like our, our creativity and what wants to get come through gets like kind of crumpled and crushed by that. And that's also very understandable. And what I'm curious about is how do we more so liberate that expression, that creative creativity, your art, your, your offerings that want to come through while still creating stability and security for you. Like I'm not in the magical thinking of like, we just make whatever. And like, I don't know the, who, how the rent's going to get paid. Ah, everything will be fine. Some people can like actually hold that in a really grounded way. And a lot of people cannot, and that's okay. But what I'm interested in is like, when we get to that place where we're starting to form offerings and we're looking at messaging, which is coming soon, when we get to that place, what I want to offer is that we will look at what you need. We will look at what you actually need in order to like pay your bills. And for some people, that's not an issue, but I'm speaking to the parts of us that for, and those of us for whom that might be an issue. We will look at that and figure that out and see how we can um, not crush the work inside of that consideration. And so if there's a part of you that's freaking out, I think we can say like, I see you. I promise to attend to my needs, my security, my financial world to take care of myself, to take care of this body, to take care of my beloveds in this wacky world, in these wackadoodle systems, like I will do that. I will do that work. And also to say to the part of us that wants to be expressed and liberated from having to always orient towards security, I will also attend to you and I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to find a way 
that I get to make what I'm here to make and create what I'm here to create and also have the security that I need so that no part is getting unheard or unattended to. So is this resonating for anybody or helpful as a consideration? Okay, great. All right, so um, we're gonna do like, I'm gonna sort of step us into uh, relationship into connection with the soul of our work. It's not going to be the long thing that we did last week, but we're going to go just like gently step by step. So it'll be um, paced differently than last week. Some of the questions that we'll ask into that space will be different than we brought last week. So um, let's all just go ahead and like do what you need to do to feel like you can soften your belly. So if you need to like, I notice I need to like shake off some energy a little bit. Probably had a sip of water. Maybe you want to turn your video off. <clears throat> if that helps you drop in a little bit more. See if there's any part of your body that wants a gentle squeeze or some padding, or some shaking, or just a firm hand. And when you're ready, let's all just tell our minds, thank you. Thanks for, thanks for trying to be on top of it. <laughs> Stay on top of things. And thank you to our minds for all of the consideration, all of the assessment. We honor all of the work that our minds do. And we will attend to those considerations and those needs. We will attend to those considerations and those needs. And for now, we're just going to go into a space of receptivity and gentle curiosity, just bringing attention to your breath now. Breathing into the front of your body, feeling the front of your body expand as you breathe. Breathing into your back body at your own pace. And at your own pace, breathing into the sides of your body. And softening your belly and hips. 
Let's all say hello to the earth beneath us. Hello to all of the beings residing there. Say hello to all of the beings residing above ground, all around us, outside. In your own way, offering thanks to this earth for all of the nourishment you've received today, thinking about your food, thinking about your clothes. Thank you to this earth. And gently peering our attention up to the cosmos. As we be held by gravity, by the dynamic interplay between the planets, our solar system. And aware of all that lives, that exists beyond what we can see. The incredible, vast mystery of it all. Taking a few breaths here to just bask in the mystery of this existence. wonder of having a body, the wonder of having creativity, Now we'll bring awareness to the presence of our well-wise ancestors behind us. Asking that your well-wise ones come present for you. That you feel them having your back. And let's let them know what we're up to today, that we're going to be exploring, that we are exploring the ways that we can remember more about the beauty of us, the uniqueness of us as individuals and of our work, that we're weaving closer and closer into relationship with our work and we want some things that help us remember. Maybe they're songs or colors or smells, fabrics. Let your well and wise ancestors know that this is what you're up to and 
And let's ask them if there's anything that they can offer or point to that can help you remember the beauty of yourself and your work, this work that is wanting to emerge. Let's see what they offer. Any items, any songs, poems, colors, textures. Try not to overanalyze, just be open and curious and grateful for whatever you receive. Offering them thanks. If you were turned towards them, just gently turning so that you can feel their presence at your back. Allowing them to hold you if you're open to that. And see if you can breathe just a little bit more relaxation into your body as you feel them at your back. Just a little bit more. Inviting the presence beside you now on either side of your kin. These are your beloved adults in your life who you lean on, who lean back on you. Perhaps it's a partner, friends, colleagues, maybe siblings. Whether it's one or many, just feeling their presence gathering on either side of you. And just breathing with this experience of having the earth beneath you, your ancestors behind you, and your kin beside. And then inviting any little ones, your children or children that you hope to be in front of you. 
giving them a moment to settle in and feel their ecosystem of support. And now out in front of you, we'll invite the presence of the soul of your work to come forward and meet you just at the edge of your energy field. And bringing openness and curiosity to how it arrives today. just take a moment to see what we notice, what we sense. And as it comes forward, greet it. And let's let the soul of your work know what we're up to today. That we're looking for things that our human selves can use our senses to engage with, to help us remember. Colors, smells, images, objects, songs, poems. And ask the soul of your work if it has anything that it would offer as things that might help you connect to and remember the beauty of yourself and your work. Just see what, if anything, comes through. I'm getting a little nudge to say it could also be flowers or plants. Anything really. Anything that will nurture your felt sense of connection with your work. Anything that helps you remember the beauty of yourself and your work.
And let's ask in this relational field with the soul of your work, if there's anything else that it wants to share with you. Today. All right, let's thank the soul of your work for the opportunity to commune today for anything that came through, for the incredible opportunity to co-create with it in this lifetime. And we'll release the soul of your work from the edge of your energy field And bring some love to the little ones if there are any in front of us and release them from the edge of your energy field. A nod, a bow of appreciation to our kin at either side of us, releasing them from the edge of your energy field. Now expressing deep thanks to your ancestors in whatever way you feel to in this moment. And offering them in this moment the respect of honoring this life, this life that you've been given, this life that you are living into every moment to honor them by being willing for our own liberation and the liberation of our creativity. And if there's some part of you that doesn't feel like you can fully say, yes, I'm willing for that, perhaps the willingness to be willing. Placing a hand or hands on your body. Some appreciation to this beloved. And perhaps a, a vow to attend to the nourishment of this one. of this body, of this being, 
of this beloved that is you. Start to give your body some movement, whatever feels intuitive in this moment. Let's get our journals out. You have your journal with you. And take note on whatever came through for you in that few moments that we are listening together. And particularly, well, anything actually that feels important to you to note, including any offerings from the ancestors and any offerings from the soul of your work around what might help you remember. Remember your beauty, remember the beauty of your work. And I'm just going to be quiet for a minute, but I'm leaving the chat open. So if you want to chat, you're welcome to, if you want to share with us anything that came through. But let's take five minutes here just to write what came through.
take two more minutes here. Are we needing the two minutes? Can I get like a little hand raised or a little indication if people need more time right now? Yes, more time. Okay. No, we're good. We need a little bit more time. Okay, let's just, let's just take a minute. If you need to go to the bathroom, this would be a good time then. <laughs> Okay. So you can keep writing if you're still writing, that's fine. We are going to start gathering our remembering collection. And so I'm going to share with you how I've done this, but also you might do it in a different way. Um, and the purpose of this is to start gathering. Um, they could be physical objects for sure, like physical items. Um, it could also be like a, a, a physical or digital collage of sort of sorts. Um, a playlist. I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you a few of my things so that you can get some ideas going. Um, a collection of smells, scents, like things that help you remember like, oh yes, this is like me at my essence. Oh yes, this is, this like reminds me, helps me remember, reminds me of the work that is like moving through me or that's wanting to move through me or like, I don't know, but I just keep getting the color orange and like, I just need some orange in here. I'm going to like pull some orange things together, some images of orange, some orange fabric. Like, so last week we created an altar, but this is creating something that you can look at anytime. So let me just share my screen with you so I can give you an example, a few examples of what I'm talking about. So, all right, can you see my screen? So this is a Pinterest board I created called Remembering. By the way, I also have on my phone in photos, I have an album 
called Remembering. And it's not quite as pretty as my Pinterest board, but in my album called Remembering on my phone, like if somebody says something really, like a friend sends me a text message that I'm like, oh, you see me, I'll screenshot it and save it into that folder. Um, if I come across an image or like, I really enjoy the gene keys and human design. And if there's something that I like, feel like very seen by or very understood by, I'll screenshot it and save it into these images. And then I'll show you this Pinterest board now. Um, awesome, Alex, I just saw your chat. Okay, so here's my Pinterest board. And um, some of these are images of like things in my house. Uh, you can see two of my mentors, my teachers here. This is Hero Boga. This is my teacher, Javier, who died two years ago. Um, and like there are pictures of me facilitating and on retreats. There's also just like other people's art and photographs that I've taken along the way. Uh, over here, can you see my, my mouse or what I'm hovering over? Yeah. So over here, um, this is like a card spread that I did that I felt like, oh, I, I get it. I see it. I, I see my work in this. Things that I just find beautiful that remind me of my ancestry. I don't know if you saw it, but there's, there's a poem. My, one of my favorite poems is up here and I have an, another um, mystic, not really a poem, but a, a writing piece and art, ancestral art, also just art from perhaps other traditions, other cultures that I just find really beautiful or I love the colors of it. So here's my collection. And it's not about like a brand, right? Creating like brand cohesiveness. Although you can kind of see like there's a theme, there's like, you know, got a lot of wood, got a lot of uh, flat, but, you know, um, earthy colors, lots of burgundy. Um, but like, this is just a picture of me that's like a blurry photo that I'm like, oh, I love that's, I was so happy in that picture. <laughs> like, oh, that's me when that's how I feel. Like I look at that picture and it reminds me of that feeling. Um, I, I dug around on the internet and looked up, um, I'm trying to think of maybe what the search term was. I'm not sure of the search term, but I was basically looking for um, uh, like tribal women in the region that my family, in the regions that my family are from. So I'm like, oh, these are people who are probably living in a less colonized way. And then I found images of them. Random picture of my bathroom, but I love those flowers. And it reminded me that like, oh, I know how to create beauty. This is when I make things to my aesthetic, this is how I do it. So um, yeah, this woman, this picture of this Indian woman, you know, I had this story, I realized that 
you know, that as Indian women, we're like, there's like a properness or a, there's a right way to be. And that right way to be didn't include like a big stretched earlobe, for example. And so this person was reminding me of like, oh, wait a minute, actually, there are people that would be considered radical in my lineage too, and that I'm also that. So this is an example of my, the images that I've gathered in my remembering collection. And then I'll also show you um, a playlist. So I've done this one in Spotify. Songs that um, really move me, songs that when I listen to them, I feel inspired, creatively inspired by them. Um, songs that I like tend to get me into a state where I feel more connected to my work, more connected to a sense of purpose. Songs that I feel really seen by in some way or that have meant something to me creatively across time or meant something to me just personally. So it's, it's not like, I'm not, again, it's not like I'm looking for like a particular flavor. It's like one energy that encapsulates my work. Like I have a Lizzo song in here and then I have, you know, like classical Indian music in here. And it's just, I got a lot of stuff going. I got a Sade, cause of course Sade. So there's a lot going on in here. Um, so this is just an example. And I think I put this playlist together in like half an hour, right? Let me think if there's anything else I want to show you. I think, I think those are the main pieces that I wanted to show you. Yeah. And then the other thing that I want to show you all. Oh, yeah. Just reading the messages. Thank you. So um, I have a couple of friends um, who collage, and that can be another beautiful way of gathering a collection. So uh, a woman that I know named Prema, she makes these collages and then prints them out. Um, This was like her way of remembering. She gave these to me as gifts. So that's another way, like making your own art, in other words. Um, maybe a song, maybe there's a song that you sing, like a lullaby of remembrance or a song of remembrance for yourself or um, a poem that you feel called to write or a painting that you feel called to make to help you come back into a place of remembrance. So a question that I wanna ask you is as you gather this remembering collection, knowing it could be items, it could be, um, uh, oh, I also wanted to show you this. So here are a couple of scents, like this, the smell of redwoods is one for me, roses. My, one of my teachers made this beautiful rose oil. Uh, champaka is another smell for me. There's this roller oil that's um, rose and cardamom. 
like these things, whenever I smell them, it's like a different part of myself, like a different part of myself feels like embraced, feels seen, feels, um, I, I resonate with these. I love these. They mean something to me. So smells is another way. So knowing that it can be a whole sort a whole bunch of things that could come into this like collection that you create. The question I want to ask all of you to sit with for yourselves is right now in this exact moment, where do I feel called to begin? Do I want to make a playlist? Do I want to like start making a Pinterest board or start like pulling images together on my phone? Do I want to run around my house and like gather some items and kind of bring them all into the same place? So where do you feel called to begin? And we're going to do it. We're going to like spend the next 15 minutes just starting together, doing the things. I'll play some music that doesn't have words. So hopefully it's like not too distracting, but just so that we have a little unified field. Um, and, um, and then you can get started. I wanted us to get started on the call so that we're not like, okay, I'll get to that. And then, you know, dishes and clients and whatever else we're doing today starts to take over. So we're going to take until, um, 2.10 Pacific time, which is in 14 minutes. And um, if you have resistance, great. Just notice it and, and keep going. And there's not a right way to do this. If all you're doing is gathering things that you love, that's fine too. But I would start to also tune in to like, ah, oh, when I connect with my work on a soul level, what kind of things, like what what resonates with that for me? It might be some of the things on your altar or other things, things that your ancestors mentioned to you. All right, let's begin. I will be available in the chat if you have any questions as you go, but I trust you and I will play us some music and I'll call us back in just about 15 minutes.
we decided we're going to spend about another five minutes.
couple more minutes here and then we'll come back and do the next thing. Okay. So, um, of course, the homework from that piece is to just continue on creating your collection. And um, the point is not to have it complete. The point is to have it started. <laughs> And, um, and to know that you can change it, you can take things out of it, you can add things to it, you can like, this is a living thing. These are living creations to help you remember. Um, and, uh, and also to create, to continue creating. Uh, I'm saying like them, because I have like, I have a playlist and I have over here and then I have a Pinterest board over there and you know, so maybe it's more than one thing for you. And then I have this collection of scents that I put on my desk, on my workspace. Um, but then also to like commune with these things, right? So if there are scents, like smell them, wear them in this week ahead. If there are colors that are coming through practice, like, do you have anything in that color? Could you wear it a little bit this week? Um, looking at these images, reading these poems, listening to this music. So actually like, beginning to more and more um, infuse your days with these energies, with these colors, with these things, um, just to see what happens, to see what happens as these things that are showing up to help us remember do their work of helping us to remember. And we open up and be curious about like, I don't usually wear yellow, but okay, I feel like I wanna wear yellow. Let's see what happens when I wear yellow. How do I feel? 
you're just being really curious about it. Okay, so I'll say more about that in a little while, but the other piece that we're gonna do today is what I call tending the birth cave. And this is about um, moving beyond the altar, which we created into saturating your workspace with this energy more and more. So what if the space that you work in became like its own living altar to the soul of your work? So for some people, this might be like an entire room in your home <laughs> or your recording studio. For other people, it might be like your dining room table, <laughs> you know, um, your couch, right? Um, your office, like it, it can be a lot of different things. So I understand that this is going to look really different for each of us and that saturating your space might also look different for you. What it might look like, for example, is putting like a little um, piece of fabric on the corner of the dining room table that you work on. And that's where you're going to create, like, I'm going to have my smells here. And, oh, there was a flower. I'm going to put a flower in a vase here, that flower that seems to want my attention and be speaking to me. Or I'm going to put a piece of art. Or I'm going to, like, hang a little piece of art right here in the corner. Um, it could be that there's a color and you have a piece of fabric and you want to drape it over your chair or a blanket from your grandmother that your grandmother crocheted that you're going to bring into the space. So I really honor, again, that this is going to look different for each of us. But if we were to move from the altar being the space where we have items and images and things that seem to represent for us the soul of our work and this relationship that we're cultivating and the sort of feelings and essences of remembrance for us and for our work, we're going to expand that out to the space that we work in. So um, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, one example is uh, I've attended a few births, not a lot, but I've attended a few births in my life. And um, and also uh, I labored at home for my first, well, for both, but not at home, long story. For my first, I labored at my actual house. And we set up a little birth altar and the birth altar had like some gifts from my friends and a note of card from my grandma from when I was a little kid and picture of my grandmother, picture of my mother, picture of my grandmothers and my mother. And, you know, that was my birth altar. But then it was like, okay, I want to like hang fabric on the windows. I want to have what kind of like, what's the feeling I want in this space? So what I would ask is like, as creators, we enter into creative space which we often think of as sort of an internal space or an energy that moves through us, but there's also the space around us. How do we have the space around us be nourishing to our creative expression? That's, I think, the biggest guiding question I could offer. How can the space around us be nourishing to our creative expression? This might mean for you choosing a new space to work from. It might mean I'm actually going to sit on the other side of the table because when I look out the window, I feel more inspired. Um, I use a floor desk. So I literally, I'm sitting on the floor right now because I realized I like sitting on the floor when I work. 
Um, and for the longest time, I sat in what felt like the most logical part of the room. And at some point, I realized I actually really want to look straight at the window, which means having my back kind of angled to the door. But then I realized that doesn't feel good. So then I sort of angled myself this way. Oh, I can see the door and I can see the window. Okay, this is where I want to be. Right. So these little micro movements that we make that, okay, I feel like, ah, I can do good creative work in this space. This space is nourishing for me to do good creative work. Um, yeah, so again, like could be as simple as bringing in a favorite blanket, photographs, colors, smells, um, putting a little cloth down where you work. It, you might be like, I need to clean up. <laughs> a lot of people when I have this conversation with them they're like uh my desk looks like a bunch of paperwork just exploded everywhere I'm like does it nourish your creative expression if not and you look at it and you're just like unfinished business uh bills uh taxes like okay maybe we need to move that to a different space it still has to get dealt with I'm sure but maybe not in your creative workspace so um Yeah, I would love to sort of pause my talking and get curious with all of you just to sit with this question. How do I want to transform my workspace or shift my workspace so that it's a nourishing space for my creative expression? So that it's a nourishing space for me and for my creative expression. Sit with this question for a moment. Imagine if you were taking the altar and you're going to now expand that energy to exist beyond the altar and sort of infuse your space a bit more. Um, I want to acknowledge if anyone is feeling frustrated because you wish you could have a whole room and maybe you just have the corner of something. So if that is here, hello to your frustration and let's work with what we've got and let's take five minutes and get started and just start doing a thing just use your intuition let's actually start do making the shift that wants to occur and let's not get overly obsessed about doing it right because it can all be changed but what space will most nourish my creative expression and what wants to be added to, shifted about this space in order for that to feel more true. I love that I'm seeing some people physically relocate. <laughs> so. so at the very least, I just invite that we stay with this question. So even if you're more in contemplation, like stay with the question and see what like little shifts, even bringing one thing in, what does that do? I'll be quiet for five minutes while we just start doing a thing.
just take another minute here. Okay. Um, you might still be puttering around, which is fine. I just wanted to share a little story. Um, when I moved into the last house that we lived in, we had uh, like a downstairs area. And we were like, what are we going to do with this room? Like, maybe it'll be my office. I was like, maybe I'll just work from the desk in our bedroom. <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> I was like, maybe we were gonna turn it into a playroom. Like we just didn't really know what we were gonna do with this space. Um, nice to have extra space. I know it's such a luxury, but um, we just didn't know what we were gonna do with this room. And so I just sort of dumped everything in it that we hadn't used when we like set up the house. It's like a bunch of, you know, like random art that ex-boyfriends had given me. <laughs> like, you know, just like pillows that weren't quite like the current aesthetic of this you know you move into a new place and you set it up and some stuff from your past life doesn't sort of translate into the new space and I started trying to like set it up with all the leftovers basically and um you know if you like go out and you try on and you try something on and it like fits you but it doesn't fit you if you know what I mean you try it on you're like I feel weird in this thing like it doesn't this is not me it just sort of felt like that it felt like this like like I dressed the space wrong it just didn't suit the actual space it's like it didn't and um I was actually doing a did breath work practice and in the breathwork practice, I got this vision for the space and it was, first of all, there was a lot of pink and I was like, I do not like pink. What is happening? This is not a color that I enjoy. Um, and just this like intuitive nudge that the place I needed to start was getting a very old piece of Indian art. I have Indian, my father's from India. So I dug around on Etsy until I found something that I thought was beautiful and affordable. And it's this beautiful old um, piece of art of Ganesha. And um, I just put it in the space and waited a little bit. And from that moment, it, the whole thing started to come together slowly over time. And it was, it ended up, I don't live there anymore, but it was a very beautiful space. Um, and the reason that I'm sharing that story is one, just the intuitive nudge to get this piece of art, which I think I paid maybe $30 for, it was a good deal. 
Um, and to also let the space, the space also informed me. So it was both my tuning in and also the relationship with the physical space. So that might happen for you. And also the entire shift in my direction of my branding, like the visuals of my work, literally what was left over and what I was trying to decorate the space with looked just like my old website. It was like super bright colors, like primary colors, which I love. I love that, but it was like bright technicolor rainbow, you know, and this is not that. This is very different. It feels older. It's like feels more earthy. And the shift that's been happening in everything that's forward facing and visual is that, okay, sorry, one second, hand over a key. <laughs> the shift that's happening with all of the visual stuff for me has been totally connected to this, which of course was informed by my relationship with my work. So I just wanted to offer that story and then I'm going to speak into what the homework is here. So the homework is to continue from anything from last time that was resonating with you, right? The um, sitting with the soul of your work, sitting with the altar, anointing practice. If you enjoyed it, maybe you got some new smells today that want to be incorporated in that practice. Exploring ancestral gifts. And then also going beyond the altar to start infusing your workspace more with the qualities, the smells, the images, the textures of what's coming through um, in relationship with your work. And then spending time communing with all of this. Read the poems that you feel are connected intuitively, feel are connected to your work. Listen to the music. What your ancestors offered or the soul of your work offered, like infuse your life and your space more with this. And we'll see what happens as a result. So um, I'm going to open it up for questions and shares. I'd love to hear from you. So uh, you can raise your hand by going to reactions and I'll see you there. And I'm open to whatever you want to, if you want to share something cool, beautiful, sweet, fun. If you're like, you have a question or a frustration or anything, I'm here. I'd love to hear. You probably won't be able to unmute. Oh, you are. Yeah. Hi, Hi Melanie. Um, hi. So um, I guess one, one question I have is, I've been doing a lot of communing and just being with my altar and dropping in and all these inspired ideas come and I'm writing them down. I mean, my walls are covered in those big white sticky notes and I'm just, you know, just creation everywhere. Um, but I find that my brain, like you were talking about before, I find that my brain keeps wanting to figure it out. It's like, what's this new offering called? What am I, like it, the mind chatter will not freaking stop. And I wonder like if that's getting in the way or, or if that's just a natural part of it to accept. But I don't know, I'm curious if you have any thoughts on like how to work with that when the mind is taking over. 
I mean, I do the same thing. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I also think that part of it is, you know, if we live in a society where um, we learn to try, like we learn to rely on the mind to know things and then discount like other ways of knowing, it makes sense that the mind is like, hold on. I've, I will find the answer. I've got it. I am the one. <laughs> so um, what I try to do when those questions come forward and the energy that I have with them is like uh, figuring out, like I need to catch, I need to know, I need to define, I need to figure out. So I'm like, what is the, what am I going to call the program? How am I going to structure it? I try to do this energetically. What am I going to call the program? how will I structure it? I don't know. And I try to just rest in the, I don't know a little bit more, like expand my tolerance to, so I don't have to get rid of the question. I just like float on my back with it a little, instead of like <laughs> treading water or dog paddling or furiously or something. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to float on my back with them. I don't know. And um, so I also try to then see if I can relax the timeline a little. Mm. So if I, if I have a month to decide, then I go like, oh, okay, I have a month to decide, you know, or, oh, I have, if you're trying, if we're like, part of it is like giving yourself this time and space, you'd be like, cool. I have a month left. Like I have a month to decide. So let's, I'm just going to stay open. Because I think sometimes it's like, it might drop in. It might drop in when you're on a walk. It might drop in when you're on the toilet. It might drop in in a breath work. It might drop in in a meditation. It might drop in, you know, you might just read something and be like, ah, oh, that's it. And also we'll get to it. You know, like we're going to start working with words more next week. Um, but in the meantime, I would play with like holding the question with an open hand, like an upturned hand versus the grasping hands that's a good that sort of shifts things a little yeah yeah thank you no that's that's so important it's like the openness versus the mm. yeah and if clarity comes like I would say this to people too even though I'm like we're going slow with the process if you're like whoa I had a whole offer and come to me like great if that feels true, like if you, if you have something that feels like really true and you want to roll with it and go with it, that's also beautiful. So we also don't have to like overly pump the brakes, but I would just look out for like where we are like, have like lead footing the gas or pumping the brakes when it's not actually true. And what we can do is just like coast a little bit more. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Alex. Hello. Hello. Um, I just want to say I've really been enjoying this because I love a good ritual. So I'm just like all over this and I'm really enjoying like the altar space and just it's bringing a new energy. I think that's um, changing and shifting um, where I'm headed, but I, I, I feel like um right before we started this class, I received like all these downloads and um, I just wanted to speak to like the understanding of like the veil is there and um, uh, it's 
but it, it when it when it changes like it's just so uplifting so I guess I just wanted to share that like there's there's a journey to to it all I I guess um when um like I guess there's in like to the timing that you were saying I feel like there's like a timing I think that um like maybe you're not supposed to know until until it reveals itself and to just trust that Totally. I thank you for sharing that. I so feel that I, we did not name our first child until he was three months old, (laughs) which was very hard for my family. Like I, I I literally, my mom like got mad at me that we hadn't named him. And I'm like, okay, lady, this is your thing. (laughs) I'm going to try (laughs) <laughs> my inner teenager is a little triggered, but I'm going to try to like, let you have your thing around that. Cause that's not my thing. That's your thing. But, um, and it was hard. Like it was hard to not have the name of my child. Like I felt guilty. I felt people would keep asking. I was like not replying to messages from my friends because they were like, I knew they wanted to know what his name was. And so they were texting to check in. And I was like, oh, oh. I just sort of was like shutting out the world. Um, and, you know, it was like such lessons for both me and my partner in that experience around how we orient around other people's comfort or making it nice for other people. And actually we just needed to allow the, the process to unfold and the name to come to us as it came to us and to trust it more. And, you know, there were other lessons in the experience for sure, but I love what you're pointing to Alex and part of what I hear in it is like, even in the tussle and the struggle, when we feel like things should be happening on a certain timeline and they're happening differently. Like if we can look at where the lesson is in that too, where the medicine is in that too. And also like, like you said, sometimes for whatever for reasons unknown, it is not time and we do not know why. And this is where I just want to say this little tiny rant. Also, I feel that, um, like in the business world, one of the biggest disservices that I've seen happen, I mean, there's a lot of messed up stuff, but it's like somehow that we can se- separate like spiritual truths or like greater truths from business. And that we should be able to like, it's just math. If you just do the math right, everything will work out how you want it. It's just a numbers game. It's just a this, it's just a that. If you get a da da, and I'm like, maybe, <laughs> like, okay, you're like split testing subject lines, and th- that's great. I'm not saying we have to throw that stuff out, you know, or you pay this much in ad dollars and you think you're going to get this much out of it. I, none of that, we, ha- we don't have to throw the math out, but also to recognize there are so many variables, it's incomprehensible. Like, I don't know what the impact of like, planetary alignment or just barometric pressure or my own body or the greater unfolding of all of life that's happening that might keep me from having the thing that I think I want in the moment um, that might be a really good thing or that might be at play here. And so I try with my work to have a more I guess what I would call like a more spiritual relationship than just a strategic relationship, not to throw out the strategy, but to really hold like 
And I don't know. Like this too exists in the mystery. And it's hard for my ego that, and you know, for the parts of me that really want security and want to know, but it's also true. And if I can hold, like, I'm going to do my best and I'm going to run, know the numbers and I'm going to do the thing and I'm going to find the words that feel truest. And also like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if it works. I won't know fully why it's working. If it doesn't work, I won't fully know why that is. And neither of those things is necessarily right or wrong. But it's a lot to do that trust fall. Yeah, a lot of humility. Like, I'm not the puppet master of the universe. I'm not even the puppet master of my own life, it turns out. <laughs> yeah, thank you for naming that too, Jillian. All right, anything, any other things that are coming through? Questions, shares? Sweet, fun insights. Yeah. Hi, Michelle. So it was beautiful. One of the questions I have, Michelle, and I think it goes back to Melanie's question and the open hands to receive you back, not like having that restrictive energy. How do we navigate that when there's some kind of stress? A stress can be a mental, emotional, given by others, or a financial stress, like how do you navigate during those times? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm pausing because it's it's a beautiful, like it's an important question, a beautiful question, and a big question. Um, it's very challenging. Um, I'll just say that it's challenging in these systems where it isn't inherently true that we're all provided for. It isn't inherently true that we're all like interwoven aspects of a village life, you know? And so we're like, I'm, we are in, we become in this system individually responsible for our own well being, for our own money, for our own livelihood, and then for all of the adulting that we have to do you know, living in most of us nuclear family households or just by ourselves or, you know, um, or like a couple of people trying to do like an entire life and all of the meals and all of the bills and all of the things, like it's very hard. And then when we bring in like work, that's a calling. And so everything is uncertain. Even job security is uncertain, right? But like, this work that's a calling and it moves in mysterious ways. And like, we can't always like define it and catch it and know it. And results aren't just math based. Like what I'm hearing in, in your question is like the tension of all of this, you know, the tension of all existing with all of that. And um, I guess there's a couple of things that I want to say, like money can't solve everything. It can't solve the things that only community can solve. And sometimes community is complex. And so money ends up needing to be there to take the place of what community might otherwise offer. For example, we pay for childcare because we don't live close enough to family to have family to rely on. And even if we did, I'm not sure that would be reliable, right? 
and we don't live with people that we provide housing for in exchange for childcare. And it's, we both work. So somebody has to be with the baby. So, right. So there's some things that money fixes or fills the gaps of, and some things that community can fill the gaps of. And I think it's important for us to notice, like, what is this stress? And what is going to get a little bit more to the root of solving it? And also what needs to happen right now? And sometimes those are two different things. So it could be like, oh, um, I'm thinking of somebody, a friend of mine who, like, for example, has invested a lot in her business. And now her husband's a little like, like, this needs to work. Like, we, you need to make more money. We, I, I, he feels uncomfortable. So there's like relationship stress. So then the question is like, what's this, what's actually the solution here? Is it that she has to make more money? Is it that they stop spending a little bit? Like those might be part of it, but there's also a relational piece going on that needs tending questions about life and vision and how they want to be doing that whole thing together. So I think just it's helpful, helpful to look at like whatever the stress is, like look at it try to look at it from a few different angles and see like if we were taking a big picture approach to this stress, what might be needed in the way of relationship, in the way of community, in the way of money. Um, and then I'm like, let's, let's make sure that the money part gets handled. And if it's creating the kind of stress that is super stifling to your creativity, Sometimes that stress is like fuel. People are like, great, let's do the thing. And the creativity, you know, it amps it and, and makes it flow more. Sometimes it stifles it completely. And everyone's different around that, um, which I think has to do with a lot of different stuff that I won't even get into because it's everything. Um, So I think for some people, it's like, okay, that looks like reducing spending. That looks like having a bridge job or a part-time job or a full-time job even so that they can do their creative work without the pressure of it paying the bills. Sometimes when I'm working with somebody around their work, I'm like, okay, which one of your offerings is the one that's like going to bring the money right now in the way that really supports you financially, but still gives you the space that you need, the time that you need, the, you know, if like to get into creative flow, you need like no calls. How do we clear calls in your schedule, but still have you make money? So we sit with all of these things. And for me, like when I bring in a new offering, like this offering, like devoted, I was like, I don't want to rely on the mo on money. For this offering. Like I'd like to break even. I paid for a little website. Like that would be nice to not have a financial loss there, but I don't want to be too attached to this paying my bills. It's a new thing. I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know how it's going to feel. And I knew that I couldn't facilitate it with the kind of energy that I needed to bring to it. If it if I had this encroaching pressure that it had to pay the bills. Again, some people it's like, that's not an issue. And some people it is always an issue. And some people it's an issue in some places, some of the time. There's other offerings that I have that I'm happy to rely on for paying the bills. And it doesn't change how I facilitate. It doesn't change it. I feel relaxed about it. <laughs> but so 
especially when it's financial, I would say like, okay, then part of what we figure out is like, how do I handle the money piece in a way that liberates the creativity more rather than stifling it? And that's something that we can know, have to know for ourselves. Is that kind of clear? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I mean, there's so much and we could talk about that for a long time. I keep being in that question. All right, anything else? Anyone else have a curiosity or want to share something? Yeah, me. Hi. Hi, Gabriela. <laughs> I would like to ask you something. And also, it's like a, an, a question and also a sharing. Um, when I connect with the soul of my work, uh, I did it every day. I enjoy it a lot. It was amazing. I love my, my space. Uh, yeah, but yeah, the thing is that every, every time that I like call this energy appears in a different form. Uh, sometimes it's like a, it's like a movement. It's like a red movement, golden movement. And sometimes it's like a, it's like a stillness in the dark. Uh, and sometimes it's, uh, today it was like a tiger. It's, it's like an animal and, and it's staring at me. And uh, this animal uh, um, doesn't tell me anything. It's like it's, uh, super serious and super steady. And sometimes it's like, uh, it's like a, a violet. It's like a violet flame. I, I, I can see it. And sometimes it's like nothing. There's nothing. So. Mm. Yeah, every every time is different. I I feel that uh, that's like the way I also I feel about myself and I experience myself in doing lots of different things and very versatile. I don't know the the, the word in English versatile. Versatile. I don't know yeah. you can do things, but it's like I'm trying to integrate all my parts of my work and all my gifts. So when I connect with the soul of my work, is everything is different. So it's dif it's difficult for me to integrate, and I feel that I'm here uh, to to bring more clarity to, to and to can do uh, start doing that integration in some sense. I, do I make myself clear? Totally, yeah, super clear. Thank you. Yeah. I was going to ask you um, before you said it, if, if you s experience yourself as a bit of a shape shifter, like yes. uh, versatile, you said, but that um, sometimes even in a person's energy, like to be able to be nurturing and soft or like fierce or expansive yes. that, yeah. So um, a couple of things. One question would be, is, is there any part of you that judges that as being like all over the place or, you know, if, if there's any part of you that judges that way of being or that way of your work being or looking, because sometimes when something keeps persistently happening, I get curious about like, is there a resistance to this or is it just like, 
asking you to take in the medicine of you are a dynamic, versatile, shapeshifter being, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Can you just accept this truth? So I'm just kind of, I don't know if that resonates, but I would just first ask if there's any sort of resistance or judgment to being that way. Um, Yeah. Or a label that you put on it that is sort of a judging, judgy sort of label. Um, And a question that you could ask is Mm -hmm. in that relational field with your work is being this way, being dynamic, being versatile, being a shapeshifter. What does integration look like? What does integration feel like? Because it might not look like how you think it should or want it to look. It might look different. It, for example, might look like creating an offering and then creating an offering that's like totally different and then creating another offering that's totally different. I'm thinking right now all of a sudden about Stevie Wonder. If you've ever like listened to Stevie Wonder's discography, it's like, whoa, versatile musician, incredible versatility as a musician, all music, same human, but Mm. incredible, incredible versatility. And what a loss it would be if Stevie Wonder was like, well, what's my genre? (laughs) (laughs) What's my signature sound? (laughs) Instead, it seems like there was experimentation or, I mean, I'm calling it experimentation. It was movement, this fluidity, this expression that's super dynamic. Um, And so it's possible that the integration is, is actually a deeper, is found, maybe, I'll just throw this out there and see if it resonates, through a deeper acceptance of that versatility, through a wow. deep, deeper acceptance of the And what I would ask, especially if anyone has some self-judgment coming up in this process at all, is like, what were you told about yourself as a child? Like a a kind of unkind thing, even if the adults didn't think it was unkind, but like, is there something that they told you that now we're telling ourselves? So... If you had adults, for example, be like, you're all over the place, or you're not focused, or you're not this, or you're not that, or you need to, you're too day or too much of a daydreamer, you're too this, you're too, if there was anything like that, I would say like, this is a place to look at what is deep acceptance of, and then through acceptance, wonderment and awe, like, whoa, it's so cool that my soul, the soul of my work looks back at me as a tiger, as a violet flame, as the color red, as fluid yellow light, as just like through the portal of acceptance, there could even be just amazement at that. And then how is this showing you to be as a being? And then what is being asked to embrace here? And what is how is this actually its own gift? And what does integration look like with this sort of dynamism, with this sort of range, with this sort of 
Okay. So I'm going to pause. Is this helpful? What's percolating for you? I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the minute you said, do you have any judgment? I felt, yes, I have the judgment that I have to, uh, to have like a clear niche and that I have to be, um, uh, uh, I have to wear one hat only. Mm-hmm. And, uh, because that is going to be more serious and more professional and, uh, more respectable I don't know uh, so yeah I have the judgment yeah I can see it and um, uh, yeah and I and I'm eager for adventure in work and uh, and to uh, and to surprise uh, so I like and I resonate a lot when you said acceptance because I I feel that I'm struggling with that I do not accept it Mm. Uh, yeah I, I I don't fully accept it so uh, maybe that's something that is going on and I didn't know at all so thank you I'm yeah I'm very yeah I would happy. like like from acceptance that awe and wonder see if you can like wow this is so cool yeah. which might be disorienting or reorienting I should say um uh but from where I'm sitting, I'm like, that's really beautiful. And it's really cool. <laughs> really amazing. And, um, you know, what I would ask is like, what's your work, by the way? What, like, what kind of work do you do, Gabriela? <laughs> I, I, I have a background and I'm a psychologist in psychotherapy. And uh, I also work with the body. So I, am, I do embodiment coach. And I also work with sexuality and women. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. So I have, and and I'm a teacher at the university. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. It's like when we really embrace these gifts, if you have a gift for dynamism, for fluidity, for shape-shifting, it's probably this way that when you're working, you can probably pick up and know which tool to use at which moment and which thing to bring in in each moment. And you know, is the person in front of you needing like a soft, wide open space right now? Are they needing like a clear reflection? Are they needing like, I bet there's an artistry to the way that you're working that sort of weaves things together. Is this resonating? Feeling true? Yeah. Yeah, So I hear you with the like, I need to pick a niche. And what I would say to that is like, you could start by like, who do I really love working with? Mm. That could be an inquiry. Like, is there a group or population or there people that I really love creating for? Um, so we'll get to all of that, but I would start with the like deep acceptance and opening up to like awe and wonder there. Uh, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. All right, loves, I'll just see if anyone else wants to share. Christina. Hi. Hi. So I definitely, what what Gabriella was just sharing, it's kind of similar to that a little bit, but it's, I'm sort of having the experience of, I don't even necessarily know exactly what I'm looking to receive or like looking for like in my mind it's kind of saying like okay if you're looking for more 
gifts for what you do. Like I work doing um, nutrition and health coaching and it's like, it needs to be really clearly defined. Like, for example, like, um, oh, you also like your gift is also that you are an herbalist or you work with uh, like energy or you this or you that, like, it's kind of what Gabriella was saying too, like having to be really specific. And so I'm just like opening myself to up to other ideas and like textures. And I love, you know, doing the altar and just putting things in and being like, I don't even know what that is or that means, but I'm just putting it there. And, but it's almost as if I don't even know what else I might be looking for. If the, does that make sense? Yeah. Well, when you say, I don't know what else I might be looking for, do you mean that there's like, uh, you don't know if you're asking the right questions or if you're say, yeah, maybe say a little bit more about that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like, um, you know, when I'm opening up to the soul, like what else wants to come through me or what other kind of work, is it more like a deepening of the work I already do um, and bringing up different parts in that? Or are there new, like, you know, avenues for me to explore in terms of my healing work? And my brain wants to be like, oh, it needs to be, you should go be this as well, or you should add this into your toolkit, like super tangible tools. I think that's maybe more I'm looking for something so tangible Mm -hmm. and I can tell that's my brain just kind of wanting that, but um, I'm trying to just open up to, it doesn't have to be so clear and tangible. Yeah, I totally get it. Okay. Thank you for that clarification. Um, Yeah. So what's coming through is. Well, first of all, like it's, I don't know. I'll speak about my family, right? Like I'm one of the only ones in my family that didn't like pick a career path and then just go with that career path. My dad did a few zigzags. Like he had a career path and then he like re went back to school and then shifted his career path. But like you know, a lot of my family has government jobs. They just, you know, get on the track, stay on the track and keep going. And um, my path looks a little bit more like what a healer's path looks like or an artist's path looks like, which is not so linear, first of all, not that I assume their paths are actually linear, but it's a lot more like of a weaving of what wants to come through now, what's getting integrated now, what's kind of taking a backseat at this time and something else is coming into the foreground and it's dynamic in that way. And I think that especially for those of us who did you have like family or do you have a lot of family around you that are very like career trajectory? (laughs) Yes. It can be really unnerving actually to be like, my career trajectory is starting to feel a little like a braid more than a line. It can be very, feel very unnerving. I would get curious if there's a part of you, there's a part that feels a little unnerved by it and wants some clarity. If there are also parts that feel like, oh yeah, but this feels also true. Like it feels good on a deep level, even if it feels not good or uncomfortable on another level. Because if some part of you feels like, oh, this actually feels true, 
that my work is sort of emergent, that it's, that it's evolving, then what's probably true is this might keep happening for my whole life. The nature of my work, how I work, how things integrate together may continue forever. So then my job is to get more and more comfortable with that reality so that I'm not suffering or grasping as things are weaving together, that I'm like allowing the weave to happen a little bit more than trying to like, um, than feeling really uncomfortable about it. Uh, I don't know if you have kids at all. Do you have kids? Mm -hmm. So for any of the parents out there, it's like, um, I have a friend right now who's a new first time mom and she's like trying to figure everything out, you know, like, okay, what, what time should they sleep and what kind of carrier do I get to use? And of course, like all the moms on the text thread who have like, it's, it's like our second time or third time or more are kind of like, you're just going to keep trying things and things are going to keep changing and it's all experimental and you're doing great <laughs> because there's that sort of wisdom of, um, once you realize you can't control it all. And just as soon as you figure it out, something else is going to emerge. You sort of start to like learn how to go with the flow a little bit more. And I think that there's less suffering in that because there's, there's a little bit of, there's more suffering when we're like, Oh God, I'm doing it. I have to do it right. And I'm doing it wrong. And I need to figure out the right things. And then, and then I'll be okay. But if we accept a little bit more that this is going to keep iterating and changing and evolving, it's more like a braid than a line. Things are going to get woven together over time. We can be a little bit more open to like where there's a bigger pulse of yes to explore mm -hmm. something and weave it in and also to stay with the curiosity um, and also to discern when something doesn't totally feel like a yes, even though it seems logical to do it, or it seem, you know, or the, the discount ends at midnight or whatever, <laughs> or like, but some part of us is like, no, that's not for me right now. So I think we get more discerning. Um, but what I, how I would apply all of these things that I'm saying right now is I would I would invite you to notice, like, what are the breadcrumbs, you know, or the themes that like, or the things that sort of keep pulling your attention, you know, and they're pulling not just your minds, like, you're not just thinking about them a lot, but there's also something that feels sort of magnetic, that feels... So I would explore even um, like, how does something feel right or feel true to you and explore that, which you probably already sort of know to a, we all probably know to some degree how something feels right to us. But I would think of a place where you feel pretty confident with that kind of more embodied decision-making. Maybe it's with your food. Maybe it's like, is there a place in your life, Christina, that you can think of that you feel a little bit more confident with your decision-making, embodied decision-making? Like it's not just heady? It's definitely with food. With food. Yeah. So you feel more intuitive with food? Is that fair? Mm -hmm. safe to say? Okay, great. Mm -hmm. 
So I would sort of practice like what you might want to do is practice like almost like tasting things out, like practice um, mapping that same intuitive way with food into choices around your work, into the questions that you ask when you're sitting with your work. Maybe new modalities are getting woven in. Maybe it's going deeper. And some of it is just a mystery, like the mystery of like, I don't know why this picture of my grandmother wants to be on my altar. Or I don't know why the color of orange keeps showing up, but like it, there's a mystery around that. But sometimes as we follow that little mysterious thread, some other thing comes in that we can't make sense of now, but five years from now, we'll be like, oh my gosh, that if if I didn't have that picture of my grandmother on my altar, then I wouldn't have had that conversation with my mom. And then I wouldn't have found that, you know, training that now is like a big, huge part of my work, <laughs> like these breadcrumbs that we follow. But I think that place where you have a little bit more confidence, this is true for any of us, right? If there's a place where we have a little bit more confidence around embodied discernment, like embodied knowing, embodied choice-making, map that on to the way that we explore with our work. Start practicing mapping that in. When you're sitting with your altar, you're sitting on a soul level, ask from that place. So if you're like considering a modality, how would you decide between this thing or that thing for lunch? How would you decide what to eat for lunch? Now ask from that same place about that that and see if you can just drop a little bit below the mind to that knowing place inside of you. Also, when I have an I don't know and I'm trying to figure it out, what I try to do is sink into I don't know a little bit more. Like, oh, the answer is I don't know. That's the answer. Maybe it'll be different tomorrow real uncomfortable to just surrender into the mystery basically. But also it's true. If right now, I don't know, the answer is, I don't know until further notice, maybe tomorrow I will. So let me just go back into the listening, back into the curiosity. Um, and I just find every time if I'm really heady about something, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm going to, am I really going to solve it from this place? And if I realize like, I'm not going to solve it from this place, I'm like, okay, Nisha, you're cut off. <laughs> Stop trying to do that from this place. This is not how you're going to figure it out. You know how you might figure it out? Go have a bath. Stop thinking about it for a day. You know, ask the knowing place inside of me, you know, do a breathwork practice because that helps me access the knowing place. So I try in a different way. But trying in this way, if that's not working, I stop, I try to make myself stop trying to figure it out that way. Is this helpful? I know I'm so giving you a whole bunch of stuff, but. So helpful. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. Good. Amazing. Glad. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm here for all of this because I know that this kind of sitting with and listening can be very, it can be very disorienting, you know, like. I really understand I'm inviting everybody into what is a disorienting process. 
And I really trust the beauty of disorienting from our colonized ways of thinking and our capitalistic and our sort of like, like this was the right thing, our binary ways of thinking and, and relating into like a more lush, curious, open, dynamic way of relating to our work. Because ultimately what I most want for everyone here is a sort of like peacefulness with your work where you feel free to create and like the things that want to create, the things that want to be created through you, you feel like, here we go. Like you're up for it. There's a, a sweetness to the energy in your work and not so whatever else might be there, you know, the like anguish or stress or tension or so mostly I just want us all to feel like so much more good you know in the relationship with the work but I do think sometimes that takes this process of disorienting away from just making the mental decisions that are really easy to knock over the next time that we like you know have a luteal phase or have an existential crisis or, (laughs) you know, like the next thing comes along that all of a sudden we like feel like we've lost our grip again. And instead, if we can feel more like I've got a grip on it, I've lost my grip. I've got a grip on it. I've lost my grip into like a feeling of being alive and, you know, dynamic in it and able to like be fully human with our work. Thank you, everyone. I know I've went past time, so thanks for sticking around. And um, blessings. I'll be in the Facebook group. I look forward to hearing how all of this unfolds. Much love, everyone. Bye for today.